half cut, <laughs> half naked, and uh, let's go. Where, where, where are we going first? When you hear that music, it means we are back for another episode of No Instructions Needed. We finally have a logo. We got a, we got a whole thing. We're, the whole thing's coming together. But more importantly, even though our logo is very near and dear to us, we're going to be talking about some Justice League. We're going to be talking yeah. about new trailers. We we're going to be talking about sports. It's going to be a fun episode. Let's jump into it. Diener, how are you doing, buddy? Oh, pretty good, man. I was uh, I was thinking you guys might be mad at me. We barely spoke all week, so I missed you guys. It was a beautiful from... fucking thing. Well, <laughs> in all honesty, uh, Julian, I actually did in person, physically, be able to reach out and touch our friend Chaps <laughs> this Tuesday. Aww. He was in down for, for business and some of the business mixed with pleasure in terms of seeing his good pal Dean. And uh, we had a couple brewskis. We missed you, but uh, yeah, it was good to see you, chaps. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, it was fun. That was a good little uh, trip down to the van, to the coup, to the ur, and uh, it was lots of fun. Yeah, you know, we we touched nicely uh, from six feet apart. It was really awkward, but you know, there was a, a, a touch, and I felt the connectivity right away. Like we're synced already, as per usual, and it was lovely. The beer was yummy. Uh, the potato skins were delicioso. And yeah, it was a real, real good, good time. Vancouver is aight. It was fun. Your condo is baller. So you do a good job there overlooking that ocean. And, moving uh, in a week. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that part kind of sucks. I was going to leave that out. But whatever if you want to just completely ruin that. That's fine. Um, <laughs> no, it was cool. Listen, Vancouver is always a good time for 30 minutes and then it's good to leave. Um, but uh, yeah, it was nice to see you. And the week was. Uh, I had a week. I'm not going to lie. I remember last week I came on here and I was like, oh, best week for work ever. And then my world came crumbling down. It was a chaotic week of uh, of work. But you know what? We got through it. The sun came up. Uh, the Seahawks signed Carlos Dunlop. So all, all is is slowly starting to come together for old Dapsy Papsy here. But big OJO, where do you want to start off today, buddy? You're leading the show because I'm half cut and half cut, <laughs> half naked, and uh, let's go. Where, where where are we going first? All right. Well, we're. I feel like let's let's get football out of the way. It's normally one of our most predominant conversation starters or conversations that we have, but it is going to pale in comparison to our discussion on Zack Snyder's Justice League. And you know, you talked about Carlos Dunlop. Huge signing for the Seahawks. Um, the NFL offseason has been interesting. I mean, the signings have been rampant. I think I'm back on Team Patriots right now because they've thrown all of their money in the most un-Belichick thing ever and decided that they're just going to try to rebuild through free agency. They've spent money on tight ends. They've spent money on getting some defensive linemen, sure enough, the offensive line. Like they've spent quite a bit of money. Patrick Chung has retired and they, they signed Cam Newton in what I believe is going to be the biggest smoke screen signing where people oh. think that we're just going to run it back with second year Cam Newton. Now nah, he's going to play backup and he's going to play backup for Jimmy Garoppolo. The Miami Dolphins made a bunch of trades today. And one of those were with San Francisco trading, I believe, the sixth pick in the in the draft this year. 
it's going to be big news for the New England Patriots this year. But I got to ask you, if you guys have been paying attention so far, what has been the biggest storyline minus number four? We're not going to talk about him. We gave him way too much you know, talk last time. We're going to wait until a few more things legally work themselves out before we get into number sure. four. Fuck that fucking creep. I'll say it. I don't care. He's a fucking All right. Creep. That's, there's, uh, there's Chapsy. But what, <laughs> what, what's the biggest storyline in the uh, in the offseason so far? I want to take this first here, Dean. This is... This is no. The, the, <laughs> this, to me, is not the biggest storyline, but it's the biggest story arc. And it's taken a couple years. The Miami Dolphins traded left tackle Larry Tunsil, who is a very good left tackle, to the Houston uh, Houston Texans. And what that pick has turned into, what Larry Tunsil has turned into, is four first-round picks and a third-round pick. They swapped a left tackle, who is like, you know, probably a top five in the league or something like that, in the four first-round picks and a third-round pick. That franchise... If they don't win a Super Bowl in the next like five, six years, every burn it down, burn the stadium down. They are set up for success, and uh, to me, that has been what a, a turnaround in that franchise. Yeah, they just cut Van Noy, and they're doing some weird stuff in Miami. I'm not too, I quite, quite honestly don't understand why they're cutting all these people. But yeah, that is my my big takeaway. Wasn't Laramie Tunsil the guy that like? 15 minutes before the draft, they released a video of him smoking out of like a huge bong mass thingy. Yeah. It yeah, was Bill yeah. trying to get him at like the 30th pick. That's what <laughs> oh, that, I didn't know that. That's interesting. That's cool. That's that's a good piece of business right there. He is a good tackle, but I don't know if he's worth that much. Uh, biggest thing for me, I'm going to say how the NFC West is shaping up. Ugh. It. It is because you got San Fran with the third o- overall pick now. You assume he, they're going for Justin Fields or what's the other guy's name? Zach Wilson? Yeah, he's baller. Yeah, Zach Wilson, so, Trey Lance, Alex, and then the Mac guy too. Yeah, so there's a lot of quarterbacks at their disposal. You got Los Angeles with Matt Stafford, Russell Wilson, and Kyler Murray, obviously. And then you got you know a pretty good San Fran team that was decimated by injuries that could have a new young stud quarterback a la Justin Herbert last year. So yeah, the NFC West is shaping up to be a gunfight, man. And uh, it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, I think it's so interesting because San Francisco is in this very weird position because you obviously have so much money committed to Jimmy G and you trade for this, you know, top pick because you're going to take a quarterback. The top five picks in this draft are all projected to be quarterbacks for teams that need quarterbacks. Miami Dolphin, the the franchise, have this treasure trove of picks. The question is, what are they able to do with these picks? Because Laramie uh, Tunsil was drafted not too long ago, 2016. So, I mean, literally like four seasons ago, it turned him into amazing things. Since then, they've drafted Charles Harris, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, Christian Wilkins, Tua, Austin Jackson. These are all first-round picks. Now, we know of Tua. We don't know if he's going to be healthy. I was a little bit surprised if whether or not they were going to draft a quarterback because they traded the, you know, Ryan Tannehill. They are not Ryan Tannehill, sorry, um, uh, Fitzy. And they no longer have the crutch for Tua. You're, you're building a lot of trust in this guy who 
did well at Bama, but it's not a finished product. Miami's going to go one of two ways. They're either going to figure it out and finish second in the AFC East, or they're going to be the new Cleveland Browns and just continue to wait, waste draft pick after draft pick after draft pick and not make it work. Because you know what? Bill Belichick put the league and the AFC East on notice. One year is all you got. I have the New England Patriots finishing 11-5, and five, which might be good enough <laughs> to win the division. Let's go. Yeah, you're really going to go 11-5 with Nelson Aguilar <laughs> catching pass. Oh, sorry. He drops passes. Sorry. He doesn't actually yeah, he does drop passes. Uh, not in Oakland. Yeah. Not last year. Not last year in Oakland. Know, in Oakland, man. he did well. I don't know. I, they got uh, my boy Hunter. They got my boy Hunter yeah, Henry. Hunter, four that, that's a big pickup is Hunter. So, yeah, obviously, I think the I like what the Dolphins have done over a couple of years. I think it's 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 really good what they've done. But as far as this offseason is concerned, the number one story, as much as it makes me puke, is the NFC West and everything that every team has done there other than Seattle. And, and the second biggest story is Bill Belichick kind of going on a little bit of a crazy spending spree that everyone would second guess if it wasn't the Patriots. And that's. That's kind of the truth, but you know you have to trust Bill Belichick. He's, he's the greatest coach of all time, so and greatest GM of all time. So you kind of got to trust that. But uh, yeah, the NFC West is just stacked now. These teams are like the winner is going to be like ten and six or eleven and five, and just because everyone's going to just kick the shit out of each other in that division. Uh, Miami accruing all these picks is interesting because there's really only one quarterback left to trade for. And that is Russell Wilson. If the Seahawks trade what Russell Wilson, there's no one else to trade for. You're not going to trade for the creep, uh, the creep from, from the, the South. Uh, you're not going to, you're not going to trade for the creep uh, from the, the Pittsburgh area. You know, there, there isn't, uh, there isn't very many people to trade for right now. And, and yeah, they got the picks to do it. They got the young quarterback already there to do it as well. So you could swap them. I don't hope, I really hope it doesn't happen because it, after watching Zach Wilson today at his pro day, I'm like, oh, well, if we kind of drafted him, I'd be okay. That guy looks like a boss, man. Did you see that throw he made today? He was uh, leaning. He was rolling right, and then he was fading left and threw it like 55 yards downfield. And it was the most incredible throw I've ever seen in my whole entire life. I thought he was going to overthrow the receiver. <laughs> like that's that's how much arm strength this guy had and accuracy. But I actually thought he was going to overthrow the receiver because he just couldn't keep up with the arm. It was it was awesome. As a guy had he's had a Joe Burian uh, rise here in the NFL draft. I didn't know who this guy was. I, I know he's a Mormon, and then all of a sudden he is like <laughs> he is the greatest. One of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen in a in a pro day. Obviously, the pro day is meant to make these guys look really good too. I'm sure, uh, like I'm sure Tim Tebow looked pretty good in his pro day, uh, and you know, and others. Ryan Leaf probably too. But uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. Oh man, we got we got a muted mic here by, D- by the hashtag muted himself. Sorry, there were sirens in the background. Just because he went to BYU doesn't mean he's Mormon. He's okay? Mormon. He's already said. Is he Mormon? Mormon? Yes. So. Okay, I remember the one guy on the BYU basketball team got Jimmer for dead. No, not Jimmer. Oh, no. It was a uh, guy who admitted to having sex and then he got kicked off the team. Remember that? Like right before yes. the tournament. And he was like their second best player. Uh, but the other storyline I was kind of thought we can maybe touch on for a bit. The New York Jets. Are yeah. they not going to be that shitty? They made some pickups. Yeah, the Jets, the Jets and the Giants did some cool stuff. I think the Jets are still trying to figure out if they can trade Sam Darnold. 
and they're still trying to figure out if that can be to the Seahawks too. So I, uh, I, I don't know the jet, the jets. I'm, I'm weird. I kind of, I've always kind of liked the jets uh, and I always kind of hoped they were going to be good, but uh, no, they're still going to be four and 12 next year. <laughs> I haven't liked the jets since Chad Pennington. Oh man. Nice Jeez. name drop. Yeah. So I, you'll never hear me say anything good about the New York Jets. So I'll just I'll move on and just say Brandon Davis was the uh, BYU basketball player who had got uh, kicked off the team for for you know having smooching. You guys done with the NCAA tournament? Sense. You guys done no. with it? No, you're not. You're kind of still into it. I, I don't know. I kind of get. I think I'm just out. <laughs> I'm all in on the women's W, uh, the women's NCAA tournament more than I am probably the, the guys uh, tournament. It's easier to win money on that thing. Yeah, right? I've been having success with <laughs> the ladies and yeah. not just in betting, nothing else. <laughs> betting, betting aside, I mean, if you look at the storylines with like the bubble and, you know, we talked about it last week with, with Danielle and the fact that so much is being brought to light of the double standard of the NCAA. They've now in the bubble moved the women to a whole new hotel, which means more food and a very different environment. I think anytime we can show just how shitty the NCAA is and their mistreatment of, of individuals, whether it's the you know treatment of, of female sports compared to men's sports or their treatment of athletes, anytime we're able to expose that shit, I'm so happy and uh, by the end of this year, the NCAA is going to be in some pretty big financial, I don't want to say trouble, but they're going to have some very big financial woes uh, with a lot of this new legislation coming in in the United States where players are going to be able to get paid for their likeness. Um, I love it. I think it's great. I think uh, the NCAA this time last year was the worst league going into COVID because Right when COVID broke, they were still trying to get tournament games in and tournament <laughs> like before the NCAA tournament. And they were catching so much flack because they were actually on the court about to play with fans and then decided that once ACC canceled their tournament in the Pac-12, that they were finally going to step up. And even then they were non-committal about what they wanted to do. I just I hate the NCAA. I think they're the most crooked organization next to like Russian basketball. Um, and, and so hockey, I just Russian hockey too. Yeah, right. Oh, listen, I bet Russian basketball, and there was a fix. I was up like thirty points, and the other team was still favored by like forty, and they came back and won at the last minute. So I'm never betting Russian basketball ever again. Um, but I just, you know, I love, I love this time of year. I love when the NCAA is on its face. But to answer your question, I want to see Gonzaga do what Kentucky couldn't do, uh, like less than ten years ago, and really have that undefeated tournament. Uh, and then the women UConn team, love watching them play and see if someone can take the crown from them this year. Yeah, I uh, women's basketball is a really special place in my heart because I've had two sisters that that play uh, have played women's uh, college basketball here in Canada in the CIS and stuff. So it's uh, you know it has a good place in my heart. And yeah, I I UConn was always a team for us growing up. So it was Tennessee. Uh, just because the Lady Vols were kind of the badass team there when uh, when I was younger, but I, I, you know, I'm all for the NCAA tournament until it gets to kind of the Sweet 16. I'm like, okay, <laughs> like, like this is usually where the blue bloods still are. This year, it's a little different. This year, there's like two blue bloods, and the rest are like kind of random teams. Leola Le- Chicago, who uh, Sista Jean 
is out there still uh, looking <laughs> like a rock rock solid foxy lady. And one uh, Oral Roberts dog. Oral Roberts. <laughs> I want Oral Roberts to stay in it just for the jokes. I mean, there's so yeah. many good jokes. It's the yes. best. It is. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Um, and it is. It, it, yeah. They. <laughs> and the, and the guy from the Chicago wig, I think his name is. He's got no hair. He's like. He's he's eighteen going on fifty five. He's got three mortgages, two failed companies. It is just they are just the most unreal team to watch. And, and Gonzaga, if they win it all, that'd be pretty sweet too. Because Mad Dog Chris Russo can pr- finally shut the fuck up about how like a team from the West can't win it and uh, all his New York biases and everything else. That would be like nice to hear. Well, the Pac twelve is undefeated, aren't they? I don't think they've lost a game. No, Col- Colorado's out, but they oh. have the most teams still remaining. Shout out USC Trojans, fight on, let's go. But Trojans the play Oral there. Roberts. That's all I want. Because if the Trojan play Oral Roberts, the memes from that game are going to be incredible. Oh. <laughs> I, I want fans, I want college fans back in the stands just for that matchup. Like risk COVID outbreaks amongst the United States because they obviously don't give a shit as it is right now. But yeah, that would be fantastic but i think the bruins are still in um yeah. and there's two bruins other are teams. good man oregon bruins state and oregon oregon state go. i have won so much money in oregon state man <laughs> so much money because when i see them play in the pac-12 championship I, like they had fans and stuff and like the way that they won i'm like that team that team has something here i want i want, I want that team to win every time every game i've got on them to win Every single game. So it's been, I lose all my money on other games, but then specifically, <laughs> they're doing good. My one buddy bet on Oral Roberts and Colgate uh, in the same day. I but, thought that oh, was pretty funny. That's a good natured joke. That's not sexual innuendo. That's just that's just fun. Not like well, your guys are sick, sick puppies. Before, you guys are sick it's, puppies. It's the, it's the before and after. It's, <laughs> you know, it's the what you do and then how you recover. I mean, that's, oh, that's it's so true. Good. Is Colgate still in it? No. Ah, no. oh, damn it. Because that's another one I would love to see. Just the memes. <laughs> Tell me. Yeah. I'm all about the memes. Dogecoin. <laughs> to the oh, moon. Amazing. I mean, now, okay, so we've seen so many cool things when it comes to this NCAA tournament, right? Like, we got the bubble. It's very different. We've seen a lot of teams that are, are not traditional basketball powerhouses do well. And we've also seen that this is going to be one of the deepest, most recent NBA drafts transitioning really quickly to a conversation we had a few weeks ago. The trade deadline has now passed for the NBA. Kyle Lowry did not get traded. However, Norm Powell did get traded and same with, I don't even know his number, but we'll call him TD because I don't want to say his full name, but he was also traded to Sacramento. What are your thoughts on what the Raptors decided to do? You know, they keep Kyle Lowry. They didn't really do much to improve their odds of moving forward? Was this that we're okay to let him walk because we didn't get the right value. We want to keep our guy and he didn't want to leave. Or is this like Toronto's going to try to run it into the, you know, the play in tournament and try to make a massive upset in the first round against either the Nets or the 76ers. Well, for starters, Anyone who thinks the Norman Powell trade wasn't a good trade doesn't know anything about basketball, in my 100%. opinion. 100%. I was reading the comments on Instagram. It's like, oh, big L, big L. Gary Trent is very similar to Norman Powell. Maybe not as good of a scorer, but a better defender. Norman Powell is set to make $20 million next year. 
And Gary Trent Jr. is going to be a restricted free agent that they could probably sign for like eight, nine, ten. So it's like Norman Powell light for the same price as you're paying Norman Powell this year, minus you know the raise he is getting, the huge raise he's going to get. So they got a very similar player for and can sign him for very similar money for someone that was going to walk anyway. So anyone thinks that's a bad trade is dumb, in my opinion. Uh, Kyle Lowry. I don't, that's a tough one, man. It, it's hard not to get any value from him, especially after Kawhi, Serge, Mark, they all left. And like, I get why the Raptors wouldn't want like Duncan Robinson from the heat plus like a draft pick. Uh, and I know why they're asking for so much from Philadelphia. And like the only thing they could get from LA was Taylor Horton Tucker, who since the Lakers have no young players probably didn't want to give up. So it's kind of a tough situation. They don't want to give them away for nothing, but they also, you know, probably were wanting to get something. So I'm actually okay with him staying. It'll be a nice little swan song, nice little send off, and he can play the next few months of the Raptors. And who knows what will happen in the off season. He's supposed to leave four or five times by now. Maybe he'll come back for, you know, obviously probably less money, hopefully. And yeah, we'll see what happens. Okay. So, I and Dean as know, knows this, and I think I've said this on the podcast before. I'm not a big Kyle Lowry fan. I'm just not. I think he is severely overrated in the last couple minutes of the game. Um, in saying all that, they couldn't have won championship without him. Like I understand his importance, just daps. It, I'm not a big fan of Kyle Lowry. But if there is a player for an organization that has earned the right to walk away from that organization for nothing. And it's his choice because he, he wanted to choose where he could go and he wanted extensions and stuff. It's Kyle Lowry. He have stu- he is to me, he's Canadian. He's stuck it through with, with Toronto. He's been there. He uh he embraced Canada as a culture. Just because I don't like him, that doesn't mean that he's not an amazing basketball player for for Toronto. That doesn't mean he's not an amazing ambassador for Canadian basketball. There's so many young phenoms that are going to come from Canada in the next 20 years, and it's all going to be because of Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. Uh, They did DeMar DeRozan dirty when they traded him for Kawhi. Yes, they won a championship, and it was worth it in the end, but they still did him dirty. Um, In saying all that, no, anyone that thinks to me that that, uh, oh, you have to, to trade him to get assets for the future, no, you know what? That guy won a championship for you. Let him let him decide how he wants to end his career in Toronto. If he was willing to go, then let him go. But if he was willing to go only for a two-year contract on the other side and he didn't get it, then that's perfectly fine. I Norman Powell, I guess Dean's gonna kill me. Norman Powell is very overrated too. Um he <laughs> he had a couple good playoff uh, moments, but he he wasn't that good to be honest. He he was he was a, a little bit of a glue guy, but uh, that trade with Portland makes perfect sense. The other idiot, and they should have cut him a long time ago. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm not disappointed with what's what the Raptors did because they're a team that could r- win 14 straight games here. Nothing really much has changed. If Siakam starts playing like like he Siakam forgot how to play basketball, he completely forgot how to play basketball. And and if he could start playing good again, which he won't, but if he could, they're gonna be a, they're gonna be like a seven seed. They just you know <laughs> he forgot how to play. He also forgot who like the enemy was, right? Like yes. he's he's trying to fight his own coach at this point. And An idiot. if I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast, Jackie McMullen was on there, who's very tuned into obviously NBA sources, and they said yep. nine times out of ten, 
you know, people are going to side on the player side, but based on what has come to light as to what the argument was about, 100% of the people are saying Siakam was in the wrong. Nick Nurks is one of the most respected basketball minds in the game. Top four coach in the NBA right now. A major reason why he they won the championship. I'm not putting it all on Kawhi. The team thrived under Nick Nurse more yep. so than they did with Dwayne Casey because of the way Nick Nurse approaches the game of basketball. That being said, I absolutely... I love what Toronto did and did not do. If Kyle Lowry said, listen, I want to go to one of these three teams, Toronto would have found a way to make it work. They wouldn't have stood in his way because of the loyalty he has shown. It might have been taking in few less assets, but they would have done so because they're going to get zero for him in the offseason. They would have taken a Duncan Robinson. They would have taken anybody realistically because that's what Kyle would have wanted. Now, I think he's going to leave. He's going to go to one of you know three teams next season. That's fine. Let him do that. And I think this is not the overcorrection of what happened with DeMar, but showing that the DeMar trade was necessary for Toronto's future. DeMar had to go. They were not winning a championship with Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. And when you can get a talent like Kawhi Leonard, you have to make that deal. The reason you don't trade Kyle Lowry for nothing is because there's nobody who's giving you the opportunity. Anyone training for Kyle Lowry is in the hunt for an NBA title. It's not like what was going on in San Antonio when that deal was made. So, And by the way, all you Miami South Beach guys there, you're not winning the championship. Calm the fuck no. down. You guys suck. You're not even that good. Like, I don't know what is going on down there in Miami. They all think that they're about to win a championship, and they're not. They're not even close. They're- they're they're in the hunt for the play in tournament, just like Toronto is. There's like there's like five games that separates fifth place from I think tenth place right now. And therefore the next little while is gonna, you know, prove a lot. I think the same way people discredit what Toronto did against Golden State because of the injuries that obviously plagued Golden State in the championship. No, 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 no. I'm not agreeing. Just listen to what I have to say, chaps. Toronto is the team that not only gets disrespected the most in any major U.S. media market, but they've also had the biggest struggle when it comes to their NBA season this year. Playing in a completely different country, not playing at home, not playing with their fans, and having to still travel the way that they have has been the biggest challenge that any NBA team has ever had to face. Oh, yeah, and Kyle Lowry missed a huge chunk of games. Pascal Siakam forgot how to play basketball. And then they've had their issues with COVID and, and, you know, their players and all that stuff. So if there's a team that has, should get the biggest pass for the 2020, 2021 season, it has to be the Toronto Raptors. And people are like making jokes about it. They're like, Oh, the, the Toronto Tampa Raptors. It's like, do you guys like Kyle Lowry owns houses and stuff in Toronto, right? Like he's a yeah. part of the community. It's very, 100%. I know Dean, Dean, like let's, let's set these Americans straight about the Raptors, please. <laughs> Raptors rule. Kyle Lowry embraces Canada. He's he's one of our our main sports guys, and the Raptors rule. It's <laughs> it, it's an anomaly of a year. They're in Tampa Bay. They had a COVID outbreak. They were playing very good basketball right before that, and now they they lost nine straight, and then they won one and lost again tonight, unfortunately. But uh, you know the new team's got to gel with my boy GT two Gary Trent. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, I think they can still win a few games and be playing the play in. 
maybe get a couple extra bonus games. Are they going to win a championship? No. Are yes. they going to get out of the first round? More than likely, no. But it is Ooh. what it is. We had a very good... We were spoiled for a very long time with very good basketball teams. You got to take the good with the bad as yep. your, as Julian's New England Patriots would know best. That uh, oh, you know, oh. There's one-year anomalies sometimes. And That's they'll, right. They'll be back. Toronto's one of the most successful franchises in the last 10 years in the NBA. Like they, they, they legitimately are. And they, and, and yeah. And and yeah, I know that golden state thing pisses me off just about as much as all these idiots in Miami that think Miami's a good basketball team. Miami's one of the most overrated (laughs) basketball franchises in the NBA. I I just, I don't understand. Like Bam out of the body was not like, Oh, he's a superstar. No, he's fucking not. Anyways, um, I think Jimmy Butler's overrated. He, well, he kind of proved us wrong. Uh, I do. Last year. I, what he did in the NBA Finals last year was pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think he's oh. overrated. Uh, Miami's just overrated, Julian. They just—why does everyone think they're so good? They had LeBron James. Saying- I know, but just let me kill Miami. They had LeBron James, they had Chris Bosch, they had Dwayne Wade, they had all these other guys that were decent too, and they won two championships. <laughs> Like they not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. Like like ah, like Miami. I want to live there though. It's nice. And they <laughs> traded the boy, Cam Loops' finest, Kelly Olynyk. Yeah. So they're gonna lose now. I met him right after the draft in the bar. I was wasted, and I walked up to him. He was in Cam Loops, and I walked up to him. I was like, "Hey, man, good job of getting drafted." He's like, "Yeah, it was cool," and he just walked away. <laughs> Well, they, they had to trade him. I mean, he isn't expiring. He's going to sign a decent contract. He wasn't going to be with Miami. That was an easy contract for them to sort of move forward on. And, and, and it made a lot of sense for, for Miami to do it. Listen, I don't think Miami's great. I think they're not as bad as how they started the season. I think a lot of people forget and don't understand the short offseason that the NBA went through, especially with the two biggest franchises who right now, unfortunately, the Los Angeles Lakers, and this isn't, like this isn't an exaggeration we'll be fighting to get a four five maybe even seven seed yeah in the western conference because without lebron james and without anthony davis they are not good and if these guys don't come back in time it's going to be a real struggle for them and a lot of this is because guys had a short off season anthony davis came into camp out of shape um it's it? a travesty that that's what's going to really determine the outcome of the NBA season because money rules everything or cash rules everything around me. Cream, get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. <laughs> Quote the great Wu-Tang Clan. But I mean, th- I mean that that's what it is, right? And that's what we're seeing. And unfortunately, I think my Lakers are in a little bit of trouble. I think you're going to be fine, man. But here's my prediction, Dean. To go to your point, if the Toronto Raptors draw the Philadelphia 76ers in round one, the Toronto Raptors will win. The only okay. team, the only team during the season so far this year to hold Joel Embiid while healthy under his season average of points is the Toronto Raptors. Norman Powell got paid and traded. Sorry, he didn't get paid. He got traded because of what he did when Kyle Lowry was out injured. Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, Aaron Baines, Nick Nurse, <laughs> put it on the board. It's going down. Raptors in six games, beating the Philadelphia 76ers. Let's go. <laughs> Aaron Baines has I, – I was stoked when the Raptors got Aaron Baines because I had him in fantasy before COVID, and he, like, he was pretty good for me. I was stoked when the Raptors got Aaron Baines. Aaron Baines 
might possibly be one of the worst signings I've ever seen. It's like up there with Hito Turkoglu. And the only reason that it's up there with Hito Turkoglu is because Hito Turkoglu got paid a lot more. In terms of quality of basketball, Baines is so much worse. He's so effing bad. He doesn't even jump for rebounds. He's just like, Oh, I just, I, tried, I just, I tried, up your I, tried team. <laughs> I bigged up your team and then you just shit on, you just in, completely deflated yeah, the balls. What, what happened style. there? Like you just also just, I, just like, why, like, oh, Aaron why did they play like, him? Play Boucher. Yeah, but Dude, why, why, well, like, why he just said they're going to beat the 76ers. I know, but he yeah. said the word Baines and it triggered me, man. <laughs> I just, this is the last time I'll ever go to bat for the Toronto Raptors <laughs> on this podcast. No, I want to make one more point. When they beat the Golden State Warriors in the NBA championship, <laughs> I have to get this point in. Everyone out there that said it was a fluke and it was all because of injuries, you don't watch the basketball games, clearly. Because in when 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 Golden State was going on their run and beating everyone, the toughest team that they had the biggest problem with was the Toronto Raptors every single time. So oh, I hate that take. I, I hate it. People forget the Toronto the Toronto Raptors will notoriously be one of the teams that at the time got one of the biggest W's against the Chicago Bulls team that won nine games or ten games, whenever they had the record. Lost. Toronto Lost. Yeah, Toronto had Lost. well, Toronto had one of the biggest W's during yes, that they time. Did. They beat they beat the Chicago Bulls. Toronto <laughs> has a way of stymieing these great teams. They would have found a way to do it. They, well, yeah, and they, but the proof is in the pudding. They played the, they played them whatever six times in that in that year span in that like couple year span, and they won like four times that year yeah. when they won the championship. I think they played they played what they went they won in six. They played eight times, and Toronto won six of the games. Like they were just a it's just a bad matchup for Golden State. That's all it is. It's just a bad matchup. So yeah, la vie. This is that's why I'm taking them over Philadelphia because I think it's a bad matchup for what Philadelphia is trying to do. Okay, I'm back. Go Rats. <laughs> Leave Baines out on the bench. He shoots like my stepdad. He's six fouls. He's six fouls. Just look at him that way, okay? He's six fouls. <laughs> He's a body. All right. <laughs> He's... <laughs> That's a good place to end this conversation. This is Julian Ortiz, host of the Big O Podcast. You might be asking yourself, what does the Big O stand for? Well, that O stands for Ohana, a Hawaiian term that means family. Every guest that joins me becomes a member of my Ohana. With new episodes every week, you can look forward to an interview with guests from all walks of life. We talk about everything from their careers to sports, current events, movies, and music. So join me for a fun conversation, interesting tidbits, and an opportunity to become a member of my Ohana. The Big O Podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. (laughs) Oh, sure. Um, So listen, we've, we've, we talked about this for quite some time. We teased it last week on the podcast. And right now it's in the background of Chaps's, you know, TV setup. Justice League Snyder Cut dropped four hours and like two minutes. I don't, you know what, Chaps, you've been you've been talking about this for such a long time. I'm gonna let you start off. Where do you want to go with this? Uh right now I currently have J- Justice League Disaction Hour cut cut gray in the background, and I'm currently watching it, and it is just as beautiful as the version that came out with color. Uh I think we should set it up. Like, let's set up a little bit of the timetable and hear what happened. So obviously, Justice League, the original came out in 2017, uh, to some unfortunate circumstances. Zack Schneider had to step away from the project. Um, and 
and they brought on uh, Josh Whedon to come and finish the movie. Josh don't Whedon. Don't say his name. Okay, that's don't right. J- uh, d- I don't know J Dub. That Fuck sounds face. a little bad. Fuckface or Firefly? Firefly, f- perfect. Firefly decided to completely be a racist and a womanizer and ruined the whole movie. And and after it came out, you know, it wasn't like a terrible, terrible movie. It's just not what it could have been. Um, and there was always this rumor that Zack Snyder had made this movie that was epic. It's super long and it and it did so many different things, but you never knew if it if that was real. And then lo and behold, Zack Snyder sends out one little tweet and says, it's real. I think that's all the tweet said. Yeah. And then yeah. the internet started just rolling. And lo and behold, four years later, we get something that Twitter made into existence because the, the voices were so loud. And we have a Justice League Zack Snyder cut movie that is four hours long and that does so many good things a, t- a tweet started it but yeah. then it's the cast that yeah. each one of them starts talking about this what was filmed and the fact that they've either seen it or heard of it and understood that it was a very different tone of the movie then wb comes out and says we're not releasing anything we're not going to do this and i don't know if it's you know head games or we're gonna just you know garner up more attention but you know wb's wb they could have very well in their minds decided they weren't going to do it And I think the biggest travesty is not that this came out four years later, is that this has completely destroyed any momentum that this had of being a three movie trilogy that really, based on what we saw, wasn't going to be, it wasn't going to be a comparison to what Marvel did because it's so different. It had its first opportunity since the Dark Knight series to finally be on an even playing field with Marvel in their own way. And they completely fucked it up. Yeah. Big time, man. But uh, it was, I watched it the day it came out, took a breather in between her, but uh, I finished it in one day. And I, I should have watched the original first, just to kind of compare and contrast. And I probably still will, but uh, I, I saw a completely different movie. Yeah. It, it was, I'm like, okay, I recognize this part. And then like six seconds later, it'd be something different. So I think Chaps actually told me that they used 25% or 25% of the footage in Zack Snyder's Justice League was in J- yes. J- uh, Firefly's Justice League. But uh, yeah, I, I thought it was good. I did not think it was great. I thought it was good. I thought the backstories, the experience, explanations of how this super group came to be whereas the other one just kind of glossed over it and just said hey we got a team now let's go kick some ass this they went into the backstories how the genesis of these characters how they came to be how they met how their moods were then compared to how they are now how their personalities are it, it was like there was so much more character development and, and made you that much more invested in the story and the story was so much effing better it it just wasn't like a hey, let's fight this guy who's doing this for like world domination. Like Steppenwolf became a bit of a stooge, but still like kicked ass. And you know the whole rebirth of Superman was a lot different too. It was a much much better movie, and it was a completely different movie. And I am glad for one that it came to light, and that uh, the internet won this one. <laughs> it is 
Okay, so I'm going to break down the movie here, and I, 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 I did. It is. Whew, I'm getting really excited. It is. Do it. As Dean said, it is a good, good, almost great movie. The thing holding it back from great is Zack Snyder kind of put everything into it just in case there won't be another sequel. He just kind of wanted to show everything and how he was going to go. So let's break it down. It's a four-hour movie, and in that four hours, it did what the event what it took the Avengers ten years to kind of build up as far as backstories and how you how to get involved and get loving characters. They did that in four hours, which is amazing. They made you care about people. They made you feel things. They gave Cyborg this amazing arc of a, of a story. He's like the main character almost in this whole entire movie. Uh, they gave the Flash a beautiful intro, and you you see the relationship with his dad. You see how he meets his girlfriend to, or his his wife or whatever she becomes. I think it's wife. You, you, you see every you see you see the backstories of these characters, and you see Batman being a completely different hopeful guy. He's completely different. He's hopeful. He's not as as brooding as he was. He's still a badass and stuff. But that line that he says, Alfred's like, "What's driving you?" And he's like, "Hope." It's hope driving me, or faith, sorry. It's faith driving me. The fact that the original Justice League got put out the way it did is, to me, one of the craziest things that has ever happened in movie history. You had this movie that is epic in every sense. It doesn't have to be a great movie. This would have done a billion and a half dollars at the box office. If they release this movie, maybe shorten it up a little bit. They could probably get like, you know, 45 minutes out of it to make it a better theater watch. If this movie hits the movie theaters with the talk and everything that was going on with it, with how people like would be attached to it, with, where you could uh, communities would be, oh, my God, they're given this type of person an arc. And, 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 oh, my God, they're given this, that and this and the Martian Manhunters in it. You would have had. billion sitting there. And the person, whoever made this decision to not show this version needs to be put in jail. Like it's just insane. It's it's crazy because Justice League was initially when it was first slated to be a two-part movie, right? Like we're gonna see this four hours and probably like maybe four and a half hours of total footage in two movies. And it would have been interesting to see how they broke it up and how they're going to introduce things and whether you, you know, further explain. And then once they decided they wanted to have like this trilogy, I don't know if you guys have read some of the storylines. Oh, yeah, I, for it, sure. It, yeah. It, lo- it, it lost me a little bit when they wanted to have Bruce Wayne father Lois Lane's child. And thus, you know, we get the alternate universe of, you know, why, why Superman goes bad. But I actually love the fact that it wasn't like a dream sequence really like it was it was a better dream sequence that batman sees and then they revisit it at the end of the movie i love the five chapters i love the epilogue i thought they hit a lot of things on the head i think the only reason that this movie is sort of a tier below what people wanted was because it had been four years in the making yes i think if we didn't hear that this thing existed if this was just the movie that we saw this movie is up there as one of the best superhero movies of all time easily might be going for the crown because again with zero expectations if you saw this on first glance you're seeing wow ray fisher cyborg incredible not a not a main character when it comes to the mantle of what we are used to seeing they show 
Wonder Woman battling with the fact that she left her people, which we didn't see in the first one, but is an incredibly important storyline. We see Aquaman go and try to find like his dad. Yeah. Right, like there's so many, there's so many amazing things that just got overlooked. Mar, Marsh, uh, Martian Manhunter, amazing. I, I couldn't wait for that to happen. Um, but the thing, thing it was missing for me, the one thing was John Stewart wasn't in it, and that was the Green Lantern version that Dan uh, Zack Snyder wanted to do it. And if you look at Trevante Rhodes who was their guy. WB was the one who nixed it, said no. If he shows up in the Green Lantern suit, it easily, number one movie all time, superheroes, let's go. <laughs> Trevante, I'm a Marvel from, guy. Uh, I'm a Marvel guy. Yeah, you are. Yeah, that would have been uh, it. What's that movie called, Chaps? So Oscar winner. Uh, he's Moonlight? Home. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's Trevante. Cool. Uh, yeah, I lost my train of thought there, but Green Lantern would have been cool. I heard they put their foot down on him. Uh, did you notice that like a lot of the Aquaman plot was like continuity Aquaman. errors? Like, yeah. like uh, Mira had a accent, yeah. and you're like, oh, that wasn't in the movie. And then they're like, he knew about his brother King Orm, and I'm like, okay, no, he didn't in the movie until Volko told him. So I'm like, oh, there's a lot of continuity errors that like. They were able to make the Aquaman movie because they cut this out of Justice League, or they were able to put this content in, which is kind of weird for me because I'm like, yeah, no, he knew. I, I've yeah, seen yeah. Aquaman. I just watched it like a few months ago. He knew, or you know, he didn't know about his brother, and now he suddenly does. Like, cool. Anyways, uh, but yeah, it's it was a fun trip, man. And I, you know, who knows if we'll see anything like this again? Like, you know, there's the air cut for uh, Suicide Squad. That'd be that'd be tight to see if if they're really like that kind of helicopter parenting what goes in and what not doesn't go into the movie. It's like, you know, even if you go back to Batman and Superman and Man of Steel, it's like what what was left over on the cutting room floor just because these guys wanted to try to make an extra few bucks. Like some of these movies didn't really make much sense. Like Batman, Superman, some of the stuff was like, okay, like that's kind of cheesy. And if it's like if there's another hour of stuff on the cutting room floor let's check it out let's see the full versions of all these movies because we're all sitting at home we're all in quarantine bust it out i think that what you're gonna see here is you're gonna see the zack schneider universe put back into play i already know warner bears came out and said no they're not doing it i don't care i i i, I think that it will happen and it might happen through hbo there might be some sort of deal cut there where hbo produces everything and makes it um I think you're going to see it. I honestly do. I think uh, with how well this was received, I'm sure the streaming numbers are just like through the, it probably set all the records for streaming ever in history. I would imagine. Uh, I, I think you'll, you'll see it restored. Uh, maybe not right away, but uh, I, I think it's coming. I think the air cut might come eventually air cut. I'm a little bit nervous about a little bit because, you know, he made a Netflix movie where he kind of has like free range to do whatever he wants. And the Netflix movie wasn't that good. So I, Which I, one was I, that? Oh, what the hell was it called? It had like warlocks in it and stuff. And, uh, oh, I can't. Uh, was Wizard Will Smith in it? I think Will Smith was in it. Yeah. I know, oh, I yeah. Know that wasn't alien... good. No, it was he's terrible. like, he's like a police officer with like an alien cop. Yeah. It was, like yeah. That. It was like a good idea. Yeah. But like, and, and obviously that guy had free range to make that movie because it's Netflix. They really don't 
do anything. There's yeah, make your movies, and uh, it was terrible. So it's like, oh, let's said that pixie dust will solve everything. <laughs> That's right. sprinkle it around. But no, I, th- I, th- I think it's going to come. I think the biggest challenge is too much time has passed, and when you look at, if you look at what happened with Ben Affleck, Ben Affleck, while not the superstar of the Justice League, is the glue that really brought a lot of what made Justice League successful into the movie. And the fact that he basically ruined his life doing playing the Batman role. And if I'm him, I'm not going and doing another Batman movie. When you hear what he wanted to do about writing the Batman movie, introducing Batgirl and the storyline and going a very different way, I think WB, which is owned by HBO or whatever, there's some sort of parent parent deal there. I think the issue with having two simultaneous universes going on potentially conflicts with what a darker Zack Snyder universe might look like for a character like Wonder Woman and what they're trying to do with that. Same with Aquaman 2. We already have continuity issues that Dean talked about, but I think that they're stuck right now in between a rock and a hard place because this movie, super successful. Guarantee you did way better numbers than what Wonder Woman 1947 or whatever the name of that title movie was 1984 there you go thank you and i think now if hindsight's 2020 if they had an opportunity to release this movie even two years ago you could have definitely picked up on it but i think right now it's a little bit hard to continue with this storyline moving forward with the main people in the film unless you go the route of off-screen or CGIing the death of Batman, but even then, he's already now important in that epilogue story that you have to have happen. So, um, I think WB fucked up. I think they I, really I think, I think up. you're. I think you're right with the Batman stuff and Ben Affleck, because that would... I don't know how you're going to get around that. I, that's a great point. But as far as the Wonder Woman stuff, you're okay with Wonder Woman, because she's not caught up yet. Like, her movies are still in the past, right? So you're okay with that. The Aquaman stuff, yeah, fans will probably have to like, okay, well, they made the Aquaman movie at a weird time and it, there's some continuity errors there. But I think, I know me as a fan, like like Clint Chaps Daps, I'm okay with the continuity errors if they want to continue, sure. <laughs> continue this. I'm okay, 100%. I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm completely okay. I'm okay with them making their own little Batman franchise too if they connect that with the Joker movie. I'm okay with all that. I just want to see this vision of how they were going to complete this whole universe. And, and you know what, if they wanted to replace Batman and Ben Affleck wasn't Batman in like the next justice league movie or something like that, would it suck? Of course it would suck, but I'm sure you could get someone in there. You could reshoot that epilogue scene. I would imagine that would be pretty easy. That's not like a huge expense or anything like that, but you could do it. And Ben Affleck, I love Ben Affleck as Batman. I think he kind of gets shit on. He is actually, he I thought he was great. He's a great Batman. He really he, he was a great in Justice League. He was he's been good in all the Batman movies. He's just playing a different type of Batman that kills like five hundred thousand people in Batman versus Superman. Um, but uh, I, I just want to see I want to see the vision because this movie's got me so excited. Like look at this right now. Like look at this shit. It's just incredible, man. It, they did I'm such a good job. You're yeah, you're Batman. Good. You're more of an Aquaman. Oh, I was gonna say <laughs> Superman. He's got the hair. The, I would have said Superman. He. I'm he like Nick Cage, Superman. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I. I mean, listen. I'd love. I'd love to see it come to fruition, but I feel like it'd be such a disservice to Ben 
to move on without him because I think he's so integral in it. And I think that does w, WB fucked up. And I, I yeah. think the, the best thing is for them to eat this. As a fan, I want to see it just like you. But I think this teaches them the biggest lesson of hands off. You have to let people do what they're going to do. And I think that's something that Marvel has done. They've given them parameters, but they've been, they haven't been as hands on with final cut on things. They've allowed the directors to, to see their vision. And I think WB embraces that. We can see the next iteration of Justice League in like eight years when they go with like Green Lantern Corpse and they go with some of the other movies that they want to try to do including you know the suicide squad which i'm sure is the next thing we're going to talk oh about oh my god um, yeah we can let's do that because david ayers we talked about him i think he did a fantastic job with the initial uh suicide squad i wanted to see his vision of the rated r sequel that he wanted to put out even the rated r version of the initial movie but you know this week a new trailer dropped and i'm not a fan but i know maybe one of you two guys are what are your thoughts on I mean, one, are we done with Justice League? And two, what are your thoughts on The Suicide Squad? Well, I'm obviously not done with Justice League. Doc Side's on the screen right now talking to Steppen- Steppenwolf. Like, that's the other thing yeah. about this movie. Why did you make Steppenwolf like this huge, weird little bitch-looking thing? And he comes out <laughs> in this, like, fucking crazy-ass armor that moves when he gets mad. Like, And like, it explained his storyline. It explained it way better. It made, it made it so much better as to why Steppenwolf came to Earth. Right, like obviously Lex Luthor puts it out into the universe, and that's what the signal that they hear, and now he is coming. But now it really shows why Steppenwolf is the pawn and not the king making the moves, as we saw in the first Justice League. The only thing I didn't like about what they did with uh Darkseid in this Justice League movie is I didn't like how they made him kind of look like not a He's bitch. small. Yeah, not yeah, not yeah, he's small, but not not look, but the, the way he almost died. I like I like that bad right. guy to be like invincible where he's like unbeatable. I didn't like the fact that he almost died in that one mm-hmm. scene there where Ares almost chops his arm off. That kind of bothered me a little bit. But Steppenwolf, like it's just like the mother boxes too being woken up by by Superman. None of that was explained. And to me, uh, hell no. Like that was to me <laughs> the biggest wrong thing. One of the the I just can't believe they did this. Is that when Superman wakes up in the original Justice League, they fight. Steppenwolf in his dorky little outfit comes down, picks up the mother box, goes away, and Wonder Woman's Deuces. like, one, one, Wonder Woman's like, oh, he got the jo- he got the mother box. He has all three. <laughs> oh, uh, oh no! Oh no! And then in this movie, it's like a thirty-five minute scene of him taking that thing. The dad dies. Um, for uh, Cyborg's dad dies. There's this huge, crazy moment. Why the fuck are you cutting that out of the movie? Why did that? That is one of the most important things that happens. Because not only that's how they figure out where Steppenwolf's lair is. By the way, see a Russian family. Well, I don't know what the hell that Russian family yeah, was in thank, that thing. Thank God. <laughs> oh, the Flash was so much more badass in this movie. In the first one, he's like, oh, I'm scared of everything. And now he's like yeah. running around kicking ass, using the speed force turning shit back in time. He's like such a, the first one, he's just kind of like pushing people and running. Yeah. And, and this, this one too, Wonder Woman, seven wolves flying in the air from a punch from Superman or whatever it was. She chops the MF's head off. That was yeah, badass. The first one is dumb. like, oh, he's the, uh, your parademon things have turned against you and are going to eat you. It's like, hey, 
why and now wonder woman's like running off a wall bouncing off it and busting out her sword and clean sweeping that guy's head off and she like, made even, up for kill them all she, she she saved she like she she avenged her sisters like that like it's, yeah. it's such a good storyline and they just completely ruined it now if if you even look at the explanation of what the parademons are they go from the, these shitty sidekicks to mm-hmm. former people that have been conquered. I mean, it is an amazing thing. They they explained so much, and I understand why it's four hours because Ray Fisher's or Cyborg's extra scenes are like thirty minutes combined. But if you add in all of the other small intricacies, even even how they they explained the first mother box being taken when they're like in the, like the Amazonians and they do all of these things, and then they shoot the arrow, and that's like all. The explanation, the fight scenes, the fact that, you know, Wonder Woman's buddy gets, or Wonder Woman's mom's buddy gets killed by the horse, or because the horse lands on her. There's so many emotional plot points to this movie. The only thing I could have done without is Aquaman's queen. Because, one, as a person, she's terrible. Don't need her in the epilogue. She's not going to be important at all. But I just thought, Give me more William Defoe. Give me less Mira. I, I that was the only thing I'd sub, I'd subtract. And more Manganiello. <laughs> oh yeah, Man Candy, the Man <laughs> Candy himself. My mom Let's loves Manganiello. I do too. Um, and Luther getting out. Luther getting out was also an amazing plot point that we just sort of skipped over in an extra credit scene at the end of the original Justice League. So. Yeah, oh, JW, you suck balls. I just don't know why that happened. Like, there's so many. There's so many weird little. The only thing I, I could have done without in that movie, other than, uh, I don't know why everyone thinks Amber Heard's this great actress either. She's god awful. She's actually one of the worst actresses in Hollywood. Like I don't know why. Yeah, she's she's a good looking woman, but she's a terrible person and she's a terrible yeah. actress. So I don't know why. Have you seen the movie Never Back Down? Yes, yes, I have. You well, and I watched yes. that movie. Yes. <laughs> well, you go. watch that and tell me she's a bad actor. Okay, she's a terrible actress. <laughs> <laughs> that movie was awesome, though. That um, movie is awesome. You and, I rented it. you and I rented it for Blockbuster when we lived in, at TRU, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, I could have done without her, but I, I, the one thing I could have done without is the Martian Manhunter a little bit. I thought those scenes were just kind of... Like, if if, if if the Justice League was going to continue, and obviously that was his plan, then then it's a good little, like, okay, let's just put him in here, and everyone will be like, holy shit! And then I can use... That's how, that's how the Avengers and Marvel does stuff, too, is they put these little Easter eggs everywhere to continue. That's the only thing that was kind of weird. And that last scene where Martian Manhunter like, goes to, uh, to, ben, or to Batman's house there, he says, oh, I wanted to help you. It's like, well, what the fuck were you doing for the last? Like, well, the world was just about coming to an end, man. Like, they could have used You know man. you've been here the whole time, General. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, so. uh, but I think that's why they set that first scene up with, with him going to see um, Lois, right? As Martha Kent. Because they can't just have that last scene show up. Because then it's like very Captain Marvel-ish that Marvel did. Like she just shows up sort of like at the end of all of these movies who's she's arguably one of the strongest Avengers and realistically could kick Thanos' ass, but you can't do that. It doesn't make the movie fun. But Martian Manhunter is going was going to be the ones to bring in the Green Lanterns Corps, to go in and bring all of these other superheroes from the universe. And it sort of sets that up because right now they didn't really have anything to intertwine the universe itself outside of Earth. They needed some other celestial being, and that's uh, that's what it's going to be. I thought it would have been cool. 
I loved him. I knew he was too famous a face in all of the other Superman movies to just be like this writ, this general. He had to be something more. And Zack Snyder, shout out to you, buddy. Yeah, great job. Four out of five chaps, thumbs up. Great movie or good, good, but not quite great, but pretty close to great movie. I'm going to watch it again. It's better the second time. It is. This is my third time watching it. It's very, it's better. It's better the second time. That's what she said. I'm stuck. (laughs) All right. Yes. Going back a half. So obviously we were not done with justice league yet. No, (laughs) we're a little bit done with it. Uh, We're going to be getting wrapped up here pretty quick, but yes, the suicide squad trailer dropped today. And I will say this, it was underwhelming. And usually the DC trailers are very, very, very good. This one was very underwhelming, but also, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy trailer was very underwhelming too. the first one that came out. So James Gunn maybe just doesn't know how to do a good trailer, but I have a feeling this movie is going to be very, very good. And if anyone on this podcast says King Shark, it looks like shit. I will fly to your town and rip your and feed you to King Shark. Yeah, we can hang out again. Yeah, sure. I'll say it. <laughs> uh well, I like every superhero movie trailer, regardless of quality. I think they're all super tight. Uh, this movie, I'm not quite sure exactly. Like, is it? It's like a reboot slash sequel because there's like yeah. Harley Quinn's it, back, Joel Kinnaman's back. Uh, well, who's the other guy? Boomerang's back, Captain Boomerang. Yeah, what's his name? He was in uh, Jay, Jai so. Courtney. Jai, Jai Courtney. Courtney. Yeah, yeah. Like those guys are back. Harley Quinn, so it's like kind of like a reboot and a sequel and like a spinoff at the same time. It's kind of confusing, but it's got my boy John Cena, and it's got Idris Elba, one of the most handsome men around. So you know, star powers there. Yeah, Professor of Thugonomics. Thank you. And it's got the the guy from The Dark Knight, who was the weird looking guy, the psychic guy. So yeah. I'm I'm gonna watch it for show. The only reason I'm gonna give this movie an, a shot at being half decent is because James Gunn has proven time and time again, like his track record is what's gonna get him into the door. But the the famous thing, you know, talk about reboot or sequel. When asked what this movie is, literally is quoted as saying, "It's not a it's not a sequel. It's not a reboot. It is what it is." Thanks, James Gunn. You really, you really cleared things up for those people. <laughs> he walked that back a little bit here the last couple of days, though. He did walk it back a bit. He said, "I think he said it's like it's not a sequel, but it's in the same like realm. Like the stuff has 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 happened, so it's not really a sequel. It's just it has happened." Um, the smartest thing they did though was initially Idris Elba was cast to play Deathstroke. Yeah, or no, uh, not Deathstroke. Deadshot. Um, Deadshot. Deadshot. And they decided that they wanted to leave it open for Will Smith to come back. So they they changed his character's name in case Will Smith wanted to come back for another movie, which is really smart. You don't write off superstar characters because this is what happens. You The Snyder Cut is what happens. When you write people off, you get out of that, you close doors on people that you really shouldn't because they're the ones who can come and bring it back. But not the most impressive news within the DC universe this past week. It has been announced that Pierce Bronson is going to be the baddie in the Black Adam movie. Let's go. Black Adam, uh, the rock, biggest star on planet Earth. 2014 is when he signed on to be this. It's been about seven years. They're now starting production. 
if there is a single person who is going to fix and get people excited once again for DC, it is going to be the Black Adam movie. And I'm not taking any credit away from Robert Pattinson because Batman is already a built-in audience. You're already going to get people to come in. But Black Adam, one of the most prolific DC anti-heroes, I am excited. And now you got Goldeneye in there? Let's go. I thought you were going to say that Pierce Brosnan was going to bring people to the screen. I was like, no, he's not, Matt. He's not. I'm so sorry. It's the rock. rock. (laughs) But Pierce being a bad, Pierce being a baddie in now a superhero universe, you know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty good. Goldeneye, you know, they had Martin, they had Gecko from, you know, Wall Street in as, uh, Hank Pym in Ant-Man, which is again just adding the the caliber of character. Yeah, for sure. Pierce, Pierce is gonna do great things in Black Adam. Dean's excited. Well, it was also announced, I believe, that Helen Mirren is gonna be in Shazam too. Yeah. Uh, as Ooh, one of the go. baddies. Yeah. So they're they're bringing up their star qual- star power a bit. But yes, Black Adam is gonna be tight. The rock rules, just like the Toronto Raptors. And <laughs> Aldous Hodge is Hawkman, and mm-hmm. the young man from those movies about the letters to boys is Adam Smasher. I forget his name, Noah something. So they're they're really have a pretty good cast. I'm still, and then this week it was Pierce Brosnan. Like, let's go! I'm with you, buddy. Hundred pay. Let's epic go. Oh man, you almost <laughs> dropped an F bomb. Superhero movie for a superhero movie that hasn't been made yet. So any your favorite superhero yeah. that hasn't been made yet. Ooh. I'm going to start with myself. Get the ball rolling. Conversation going. Don't know how it hasn't happened. Nightwing. Yeah. That's, that's a really good one right there, man. If Nightwing they would have done another Dark Knight movie, it would have been Nightwing. They would have skipped the whole Robin phase and then... Nightwing would have been the the natural progression for Joseph Gordon-Levitt. That is a phenomenal. Can you imagine who would play Nightwing in, in your in your Nightwing? Who would it, who would be the guy or the girl? Well, I remember the rumor was well, for one, it was Drake Bell was rumored to be like because they were supposed to do a Nightwing movie. It was Drake Bell, and then Zac Efron was rumored. Oh, that would be, be. I could see that. I, I'm yeah. gonna go Efron. I'm a big Efron fan. Yeah. Uh he's ripped. He, he doesn't have to even work out to be Nightwing. All he's got to do is learn how to do a couple B flips, and we're good to go. So and I'm gonna say Efron. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and who's directing it? If we're if we're gonna do this. Let's oh. do it. Who's directing it? Chaps. Oh, nice. Okay, I got it. Trust me, I got the storyline and everything. This is like the this is not an answer to your question, but it's something I want to see. I want to see Miles Morales. I want to see Miles Morales Spider-Man version. I think it's time. I think we're ready for it. I think just like we can see like John Stewart as as the Green Lantern. But I think Miles Morales would make an incredible storyline. Really quickly, going back, because I don't want to forget this. Um, Shark Man reminded me of street sharks. If you're too young, oh, you won't know what those things man. are. But that's that's immediately what I thought Let's when go. I saw Shark Man. I'm like, isn't this a toy? Like this is a toy for my childhood. So oh, shout out so Street good. Sharks. Um Miles Morales uh in the Spider Verse and um I would have I want to see Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright was supposed yeah, to do Ant Man. I want to see his version of a Marvel movie because I think it would have been um, pretty pretty dope. And then I want to see the the bad guy. I want to see Craven the Hunter. I want to see Craven the Hunter in that one, which I think it would be pretty uh, pretty sick. 
I would go with the Green Arrow. Okay. And I would have Martin Scorsese direct it. Oh, okay. Let's go. Because I think that you could do a really cool mafioso type story with high-end business uh, and, and a complete sweeping story of the Green Lantern. And I would have Matt Damon uh, play the, the Green Lantern. I think that would you be... Mean Green Arrow. Or Green Arrow, sorry. I would have Matt Damon play, Oliver. play the Green Arrow. Yeah, I think that would be the... And if you get... I'm not even kidding about that. If you got Scorsese in there to, 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 to be the the director or executive producer, something like intense with it. Like he was supposed to, he was actually supposed to do the Joker movie before Todd Phillips took over it. Um, that That's the type of director you would want. I think he would never do it because he just hates superhero shit. Uh, but yeah, yes. that's, that, that would be the, that that's how I would do it. I think the green, and by the way, I'm not going to lie. I've read a really, really good green arrow script that someone has written or written uh, that is very, very close to me. And he should probably submit it to studios because it is absolutely phenomenal. So if you're still listening to this podcast, please <laughs> submit that because it is incredible. And download. Yeah, download, subscribe, rate, unsubscribe, and resubscribe, as Chaps likes to say. <laughs> but uh, I don't know if either of you guys watched Smallville, but it was it was one of my favorite shows, at least through the first couple seasons. Their version of Green Arrow was awesome. And so if we get something like that, I'm back in on DC, guys. I'm back in. I'm slowly, the, the DC stock I'm buying right now. It's on its upward trend. I think I think we got something good here. And then what the last thing I would do is if I could cast a bad guy. And now I know that he's not in, in, green, in, in green Arrow or anything, but I would somehow try to get Leonardo DiCaprio as the Joker. I think he would be a phenomenal joker i honestly think he would be or the riddler he kind of has a little bit of riddler in him too i, I want to see what this new guy does with the riddler and the batman coming out but uh yeah that 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 would be uh phenomenal i, I think that that that's my ultimate universe and if i'm gonna do batman let's just do it all fuck it chaps is taking over batman i'd have john krasinski play batman i think john krasinski would be a phenomenal batman as well and then Emily Blunt would have to be in it. So <laughs> Cat we'll say Catwoman. Poison Ivy. Oh, okay. Ooh. There you go. Interesting. Very nice. We just we just created our own DC universe. We just submit that shit to DC. We'll be rich. Bajillion dollar casting, directing. <laughs> the, the good thing that you'd get with a Scorsese film is you get very little special effects. So yeah. it'd be like a very true, like as Chap said, you could go like super mafia Scorsese wheelhouse with very little visual effects and you'd get more of a great storyline and film than you would get an exaggerated Marvel-esque type of, of production. I want to see James Cameron. James Cameron needs to do a Marvel film. I think that would be pretty dope. I know he's tied up with Avatar, but I'd love to see the creative mind of James Cameron make a Marvel film before it's all said and done. Who directed No Country for Old Men? That was the Coen Brothers, right? Coen Brothers would be a, a decent uh, DC. Like DC is a lot darker, so you kind of need those darker directors. Uh, now there's, there's there's so many good directors that just won't do these superhero movies, but 
you know, James Cameron is going to be on Avatar for until we, I only think, I think James Cameron probably dies before the next Avatar movie comes out because it, it keeps, it's like four years away from being four years away from being four years away. What's it supposed to come out in like five, five two years from now again? Or is it? Is yeah, I was, listen, I was, I respect the hustle of James Cameron being like, we're not ready to come out with the next three, although he's filmed them all sort of back to back or whatever. But he's just like, we're waiting for some things to catch up because we have a certain vision of what we want to do. I respect the hell out of that. Avatar 2 coming out 2022, Avatar 3, 2024, 2026, all the way up to 2028. Let's go. Avatar is the most overrated movie in history. Okay, time to end the podcast. Uh, <laughs> we will talk about that next week. So join us for, for the big O killing uh dapsy chapsy here uh one thing we want to say here guys is make sure you download our podcast obviously if you're listening to this, you have downloaded it but please be a friend tell a friend uh we would love to see our numbers keep growing and yeah tell your friends make sure you guys follow us on social media at no instructions needed podcast on uh on on instagram uh, facebook.com backslash no instructions needed podcast on facebook and on twitter at no ins knee podcast on twitter we also want to thank our previous guest danielle brooks make sure you guys give her support she wants to see some more canadian loves for for her uh, podcast that's the semi sport podcast find it wherever podcasts are available uh awesome awesome uh she was awesome. She's one of my favorite people I've ever had on the show. She was a good sport. I thought that she hated us for a couple minutes. <laughs> Does she hate us? No, I, bet, she, I talked to her. I talked to her. She quick, we're we're she good. Quickly, she, she quickly left. <laughs> she, she, we're good. We are good. We're good? We're good. She doesn't hate us. Yes. She's not she mad at me. me. She, she just she, hates me. <laughs> she hates Dean the most. Yes. She okay. Hates I'll, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. <laughs> no. she. Was, I enjoyed having her on. So oh, it's, she, always, it's a one-sided hatred. I think that I would love to have her come on as she has the open door to come on this whenever she wants because she is very, very smart and her takes are amazing. So, yeah. So, make sure you guys download that. You guys got anything else to say before we uh, skit scat paddywhack or what? Next week, bringing trivia back. Still undefeated. Ain't nobody taking our money. Let's go. Oh, man. (laughs) And all I got to say is if you haven't watched Zack Snyder's Justice League yet, Pop some popcorn, maybe pour yourself a glass of vino, and sit in, maybe have a nap before, because you're going to get a bit sleepy watching it, four hours long, but watch it, it's beautiful, it's way better than the first one, don't let it, don't let your preconceived kind of notions about the DC universe get in the way of you watching this film, it is much better than the original Justice League so uh, show some love maybe enough streams, enough views we'll get a couple sequels, who knows So uh, we are getting the sequels you well know, Chap says it's a foregone conclusion I'm a bit more skeptical, I'm the pessimist of the group, so uh, yeah give her a whirl, tell us what you think alright guys, thank you very much uh and if you've made it to this podcast so far and you haven't seen Justice, Justice League, we're a little sorry about that. We probably ruined it for you, but it is A-OK. Again, subscribe, give us a five-star, unsubscribe, resubscribe, give us another five-star. Let's go. Thank you very download, much. Download, delete, download, delete. Boom. Yeah, we got it open. 
2 a.m. working like we possessed out. Scenario is utopia, stay content with that. With our best kept secret, go ahead and floor past it. We don't need to get fucked up all the time and broadcast it. So much overload, they overdid it. Overshared about it though, we're now exposed as cynic. Oversaturated, now we're all overdosing. Shaking my head side to side like a motorboating. Now I'm coasting and I'm ventilating, speculating. All this posing, faking backstories, they disseminated. Trying to tell us that they got their city locked down. But come the AM, well, they're getting locked out. We make our moves on the low, let the rhythm hit them rock him. Eric B, razor sharp. You can listen to that criticism about our hometown But if you ain't from here, you're done, no, don't come round With our Mayday siren, illuminate the sky We shining out the light, silver lining in disguise It's our Mayday siren, standing through the night We resonate forever, yo, whenever we combine It's our Mayday siren, illuminate the sky We shining out the light, silver lining in disguise It's our Mayday siren, standing through the night We resonate forever, yo, whenever we combine This is anti-tourism, expanding my pure vision We stand and we fan flames that came into fruition Using the true wisdom we imbibe from our environment Every idea we inscribe become Leviathan We thrive under pressure from the weight that you place on our shoulders Cliches just make us bolder We break in the mold, embracing the cold From the snow-capped mountains we can trace with our fingertips Roll air clean, no chem detected Choke on those vapors, constantly Objected to become familiar with that box that you left us in. Even come to love, I feel the bond like it's next to kin. We resting in, sleeping. You wrestling, weakened. Weak out, stress seeking. You out, left tweaking. Speak out, know you hate that we fucking got it made. But it's too late for our pity, paid the cost for your charade. So this our Mayday siren, illuminate the sky. We shining out the light, silver lining in disguise. It's our Mayday siren, standing through the night. We resonate forever, yo, whenever. Whenever we combine, siren, siren, illuminate the sky. We shining out the light, silver lining in disguise. It's our Mayday siren, down to the night. We resonate forever, yo. Whenever we combine.